This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, welcome to Drinking with Authors, the podcast. Um, I'm your host, Erica Lance. Dan Paquette. With me today is... You don't have to say your name. Like, you have to say that you're the co-host. You, you paused. I was filling in. Yeah, I know, but you're supposed to say... Anyway, with, moving on. With, you, okay. with her today. <laughs> and our <laughs> guest today is the amazing and tantalizing... Amy J. Amy James. Oh my gosh, I just did it. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do it, and I, I'm okay. I am going to blame what I'm drinking. AD James. I'm going to blame what I'm drinking because I maybe had brunch, so I have champagne with blackberry liqueur in it. I've been drinking for a couple hours, so <laughs> hashtag life goals right there. Okay, JM, what are you drinking that's boring that nobody cares about? I'm drinking a lime bubbly because I don't drink. I understand. Okay, Adi, what are you drinking for us today? I am drinking my fave, which is reds. I like um, apple ciders. Me too. I'm actually a huge fan of putting a shot of honey jack in that apple cider. So I've taken it to a whole new level of, yeah. you know, it's kind of like when you put, what is it? Fireball in it. Although yeah. apparently fireball has formaldehyde, so you're not supposed to drink it. Okay, Adi, what I would like you to do is tell our guests what kind of books you write that maybe don't know you? Well, I usually write um, edgier, I would say, darker uh, stories, probably um, a little risque with, especially with romance readers. You know, I kind of don't necessarily stay within the lines of what you would consider proper romance, I guess. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And looking at your books, because we like to cyber stalk our guests, your, your book covers are just amazing. They're freaking amazing. I love them. And the Thank titles, they're awesome. So let's go back in time. When did you decide you wanted to be a writer? Um, I actually started writing, I think it was maybe um, around 2012 or so, maybe 2011. Um, I thought I was just crazy because I would have a lot of stories in my head and I, and it was just strange because nobody that I knew wrote stories. Um, and I've always enjoyed, I've always been an avid reader for as long as I can remember. Um, so I just had these stories in my head and I would write them like by hand (laughs) and put them in, I was already married. So I would, I was uh, kind of embarrassed to like even share it with my husband. So I would stick it between the mattresses. Just because I was like, I didn't want him to like accidentally find it because he finds everything. So, <laughs> well, so, we know he doesn't yeah. change the sheets in the household. That is something you're doing, obviously. So that's one thing. One place he never went. <laughs> so yeah, that's how I started. And then eventually, I was like, I finally just told him. I was like, Hey, I have to tell you something. I wrote this this book uh, like on paper, and um, and so he kind of really encouraged me to write it. He's like, you should write it, even though he has like no desire at all to read romance. But, um, and this was actually my first story um, I wrote uh, as Hayden Hudson, which was a pen name that I used because I didn't want anybody to know who I was. Like I was, I definitely was like, I didn't want my family to know. I just, I was, it's hard when you have these stories in your head and you're going to share it with 
people because then they it's kind of like this window they're like looking in your brain how you work you know and um it's really hard so I had this pen name and so I, I actually wrote several books PNR books under that name and that was really what got me into it and back then you know I think self-publishers were publishing was really just barely getting started like 2012 um so I didn't really go much anywhere with it and then I had a baby and I stopped I just stopped writing and then um a couple of years later I came back and my writing was just so different that I just decided to just start fresh and just that's what I did I think that's amazing did you um did you write it all when you were much, much younger? Like, was that a thing when you were, a lot of us wrote a lot of stories or created things, whether we were in kindergarten, we created stories, you know, built up imagination. Some of us did gaming, like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I always think it's, it's interesting when an author has sort of that moment later in life where they go, I want to be this author, which it sounds like you did, but I wasn't sure if you, you know, wrote before. I would write um, just, you know, in, in school, like I would write a lot of poems and that was usually my strong suit was um, when we would have to write essays on stories or whatever. That was like my thing, but I never actually came up with my own story until I was actually already married. Like I was already 22, 23, like I was much older when I actually started to have these ideas in my head and it was just so strange, you know to me, because I was already, I guess, I guess I felt like I just didn't belong in any work because nobody that I knew did it, you know? So that, yeah. That makes sense. So basically getting married blossomed your um, erotic dark story thing. I'm not sure what that says about your husband, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, oh, I, go I, ahead. I, Dark, the darkness didn't start until after I had a kid. I think I was just so sleep deprived. <laughs> I just really got, I was just tired. I was just like, you know, so I started writing darker. But that, I mean, it was before it was just all like lovey-dovey PNR. You know, it was very straightforward. It didn't, it definitely was a lot sweeter. <laughs> Steamy, oh. but so what was the first book under when you sort of did the reinvention? What was the first yeah. book you published? That first book was The Ticket, which is actually a series. Um, it's the Affair series. That was the very first one that I, and I actually wrote that several years before I published it. I, I just love the cover on that one, by the way. That cover is awesome. And that's all I'm going to say. I'm not even going to share it because everybody needs to go look up that cover. But that cover is freaking awesome. Yes, that was actually um, the first cover that I had professionally made. And it was, I told the, um, the guy, the designer, just basically a quick, what, it, what the story was about and how she looked in my mind. And he just came up with that and I just it, to me it's one of my favorites too it was just such a beautiful like evocative store um cover I feel like he did an amazing job yeah and for the genre they're very eye-catching I think that's one thing we talk about that a lot um covers people choose because people get very excited about um doing books and they think they come up with these brilliant cover ideas that mm -hmm. are not in the genre they don't make you think of the genre and they don't grab your eye like you want, cause you get a thumbnail sometimes it's like an inch tall. So you need it to be able to grab the person when you yeah. do that. Yeah. So yeah. Well, for sure. I, I thought he did a great job. 
He did. Did you do, so are most of your covers, do you farm them out or have you learned how to do them yourself? Uh, I've, I've, um, some of them have been done. So like Good Mr. King was done um, by a woman who she's, she's also just so talented. She did that one. Um, and she did the private investigation covers as well. And then I did all the others. I don't, I think that was, I did all the others. Yeah. So did you do the, the dark captive, like cruel seduction yeah. and ruthless embrace and stuff? Cause I, those are amazing. I love those. Thank you. Yeah, I did those and I did, um, the new ones too. um, the mafia one series that I'm writing now, which is King of Bourbon street and, uh, queen of deceit. I did those and, um, I did the pro yeah, I think I've done pretty much every other one. I, once I kind of, I learned, you know, uh, if I had had something that was extremely like where I would need a lot of tweaking, then I would probably hire out. But it's so, to me, it's so much fun. That's like a big part of my storytelling is coming up with a cover. And a lot of times I come up with a cover first and I like stare at it and stare at it and stare at it as I'm writing. Cause it just kind of makes me like imagine the story even more, you know? Well, that has got to be the first time I've actually heard that on this podcast that I can, that I can think of. Do, can you think of, Jen, can you think of a time that we've heard that? No, other than we were talking to someone about who bought covers and they saw a cover and were like, oh my God, I'm writing that story. But it's not generally something people do. That's cool. So that is very, that's a great so idea. I, I have a, a random survey question because I have strong feelings about this. When you okay. read a book and the characters on the cover don't match what they look like in the book, does it bother you as a reader? Uh, yes, and it, <laughs> it does actually. Yes. Um, and that's one of the reasons too why I always come up with the cut. Well, not always, but why I like to come up with the covers because I want to somehow tie the cover to what the story is. Um, yeah. And if, if I've already started writing the story and the cover doesn't come to me until after, I'll change the story to match that or to somehow pull in like um, in one of the scenes. And that's something that I really like when I read too, because if I look at the cover and it says that she's a redhead or whatever, and then like, it's, she's not like that. I'm like, Oh, like it kind of throws me off because I already saw this. I already have it in my mind how it's supposed to look. And then I have to like change it. She's doing that for personal reasons, asking you that question. And so as her publisher, I'm not going to let it fly as a question. I might edit it out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a converse, It's a conversation that I'm having with different people and people have very different feelings on it. So I, yes. I was like, am I crazy? Because I, it bothers me when they, when the cover doesn't match, I get annoyed as a reader. So it's just something yeah. I was thinking. About. It's a very polarized topic. Yes, yes it, it is. is. Very polarized topic. We don't get into political conversations on this show, Jen. Just the kidding. politics of book covers. So have you always been self-published? Did you ever attempt to go the traditional route? No, I never did. Not, not once. And I think part of it was because I always, from the get-go, heard how hard it was. And like, as far as like, how much they made you change your story. And I don't want to change my story. I want like, once I get it, like, that's what I want for it to be. So I've always been very, um, just always wanting to be to for it to be how I want it to be. And I actually sometimes even struggle when I have beta readers, when they want like something changed in it, because I want it to be a certain way. 
I already, that's how it is. Like that, it's the movie. I, I, it played out in my mind and I wrote it. <laughs> I think it's interesting because I think that for writers that have that kind of view, I think it's fantastic, but I think mm -hmm. it's very much why self-publishing is so brilliant for those type of writers, because, yeah. you know, if you, if you have that and I, you know, you're not the only author I've run into, but the having any kind of publisher whatsoever, there is a degree of control that you have to give up and be willing to sort of listen. And even if it's not that they really want to change your story, but you go through editors and stuff like that. So that's my follow-up question is you've written the story the way you want to write it. Where does the editing fit in? How does it fit in, in your stories? Well, the editing, so I have my editor has been uh, with me for a while and she, um, we, you know, obviously we did a test before we started because I wanted to make sure that, that we have the same, I guess, way of thinking. And luckily she likes dark stuff. So, um, she will change things. Um, or she'll tell me this, she's just straight up tells me this does not make sense, but it's different to change that, you know, to say, I need, you need to change how it gets from A to B than to, you know, for me to actually change the way the story feels in my mind but um I think that makes sense and that's how in finding an editor but also finding a publisher that works with you i hate it when i hear stories from authors where a publisher has taken the book and gone we want you to have a different ending we want you to have this different or that different because i go why the hell did you ask them for the damn story then like this is yeah. their story that they want to give you and now you're making them write a whole different story to meet with what you need i think if there's gaps or holes, or it's confusing because we we have that iceberg where that whole gigantic story is in our head, and we're telling this much of it, and then we have to go, okay, maybe we need to add a little more because we haven't yeah. told it enough. But yeah. having a, somebody come and go, no, no, actually, as a matter of fact, this should not be a detective series. This should be about railway workers. And I can get where you as an author go, get the fuck away from me. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. And my editor will, you know, she'll obviously like, if she, cause I don't see a lot of the things that she sees. Like she obviously sees like, if there's a big hole in the story that she's like, wait a minute. Um, but it, you know, she, it, it still stays within it, you know, within the line, within the original story, you know, that's, I guess that's where we, she and I work so well together is because, and even when she does add something to it, it's, it's exactly what I would add to it. So it yeah, no, I, I think that's good in finding that. So well done on finding that editor, because yeah. I think that's a struggle, but I'm very happy to hear that you do embrace editing because mm -hmm. I think there's that other balance with self-published authors sometimes where they, they don't realize that there are some sort of guardrails you need to have like an mm -hmm. editor and, you know, typeset your book properly so it flows correctly oh and yeah and they i mean she catches like i well the first time i ever sent her something i was like Shh, it's gonna come back like with three like maybe three little things or some misspellings and then she sent it back to me red like the whole thing was like marked i was like you know like i couldn't believe how much she found that i didn't because i would read it and reread it and reread it and i never saw any of those things you know but my mind fills in the gaps, I guess, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Well, we do because we're playing. You you said it earlier. We play the movie. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Like we see all of the pieces, right? Yeah. And as we're typing, I I think this is a habit. Almost every writer that I know has. We tend to forget some of the details when we're writing the movie that's playing in our head, like the, some little piece that needs to go there. And did you mean to do A or B? And some mm-hmm. authors um, get way better at it. I think we get better at it as it's pointed out to us. Yeah. You know, to go, hey, maybe you need to just, there's a few things about this. Like, how did they get a gun in their hand? You didn't. Yeah. You didn't mention how that gun arrived. You might, you know, there's no gun, and then there's a gun, and you might want to mention. And some authors do little tricks, like we were. Who is it, Jen, that um, talks about putting a gun in every room? Who? It's Neil Gaiman for writing comics. He says he had to put guns in drawers so that at the end of the the story, when he got to you know issue seventy five. He had put a gun in a drawer and uh, in like issue 16, because if you're doing comics, you can't go back and just be like on page 22. Let me put in a sentence here because they were already published monthly. So he said he put so many guns in drawers. And I think that's hysterical because I think there are authors that do stuff like that, that put little sort of Easter eggs that maybe never tie to anything. But just in case later on in the series, they need this thing to happen, like a coffee barista. I think in any kind of romance and erotica, it's really great to have a coffee barista that you can insert to do random things. Yes. At any point during the story, you know, or a pizza delivery guy, like insert random person that can help plot line along when you get to that point. Yeah, you need that. I'm pretty, I think I do that to a certain, you know, everyone, you have to have that person that, you know, if you have like, the mob boss, he has his right hand that can do everything. He just orders it and it gets done. <laughs> it's like, no, it's perfect because it's believable. But at the uh-huh. same time, you run into difficulty. You don't have to go back to the beginning of the story and insert this other character mm-hmm. to make the story work. And how do you how do you do that? I think so. With that, what kind of writer are you? Do you plot your books out? Do you just get an idea in your head? You sit down and write. Where where do you fall in this? Um, I usually, I think I'm kind of, I plot it out, but I'm not, I don't necessarily like write it down. Like this is going to happen. And this, like, you know, I just sort of have like this, you know, A to Z story in my mind without all the little nitty details, but pretty much the whole story. And then I just kind of start writing and a lot of the, like, you know, it gets the details come as I'm writing it, but I don't write, you know, from A to Z I write like Z, B, you know, I'm kind of, I'm all over the place. And then right at the, at the end, I bring it together and then I'll write the, you know, the things that make the pieces connect. So I'm just, I'm like all over the place. My editor hates it because she'll be like, Can you, why don't you send me something early? I have some time right now. And I'm like, I can't, I have like the ending. <laughs> You're like, I can, You're not going to want to read it, but I can definitely send it to you here. Yeah. Access to Google Drive. Yeah. <laughs> into the mind of a writer so it goes into crazy pants time chaos <laughs> so so if you write like that like how do you start with character ideas or dialogue like what's your what's your first thing that you would write uh, like the first scene um, in a new book usually almost 100% of the time I think it's maybe been um the last book that I wrote that was not like this but I always write the ending because I always know where it's going so I know I usually have that like um, 
the last scene, the apex scene, like where like it's that drama or whatever, that's, that's the scene that I have in my mind, the emotional one. And I write it and it, you know, it ends and then I'll get, and then I'm like, okay, well, and how did it get to here? So I almost oftentimes will write backwards, but I do really jump around. Sometimes I will, you know, write the end and then I'll go to the very beginning and kind of work my way. But it's always the end. It's always that last scene. Cool. What about with your series? So do you keep, uh, I, when you're, when you're writing series, I'm sure there's some components that stay throughout the entire series, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you track that? Do you keep a world book or anything like that on the different things? Well, for the series, um, like the affair series, it's actually one big story. Um, so it's not, you know, it's the same characters for the first three books. It's, it's the duet. And then there's like a little, a little from his point of view, because it's all from her point of view. And then within that story, she has a friend that tells her a little story. And that's where that, then then that's where the fourth book comes in. So they're all already sort of there. I don't have to add anything extra. And then the other series, they're duets. So it's just basically one ginormous story that's cut in half. I don't know if that, if that answers the question, but no, you know, it totally does. And that makes sense. And that's a, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. You know, Jen has written a whole world and it has a map and it has all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm way too much of a pantser to have yeah. a map. Like that is not something that I'm ever going to be writing is somewhere that has a map that doesn't already exist that I can just look up places on the map. I also yeah. threw dice to make that map. So yeah. that's of like, <laughs> that I would that I have a story that that's that um where I would need to do a map but I do have places like in my the world in my head um that I bring out through many of the books like um like a club that comes up in and the cruel duet is also going to come up in the other even though they're not actually interlinked it's the same locations the same um places that I made up come up again and again this, the characters visit those same places um oh, and they're already so like so vivid in my mind that I just basically describe it over again in the next book um or I'll like you know flip through and stuff or or if one um I have a, a book that is at some point going to come out it's called Whiskey Dick and he's a, a whiskey he just he does whiskey and <laughs> his brand is actually used throughout a lot of my books like I use his brand of whiskey. So it kind of like, I sort of try to tie them all together with things that I've already made up that way. I I think that's brilliant. We have, so, you know, we have a bunch of people that we write with and stuff like that. And one of um, this, actually, this is um, just happening with another series too, but in one of the series, there's a bar from a friend of mine who wrote it in her erotica series. And then I took that bar and the characters from that bar, and I put it in my series. That's and it cool. worked out really well. I had to ask her some questions about it, but it's in that series. And then another um, friend of ours took a character from my erotica book and a location in my thing and put it in her series. So it's it's this thing where if you read the series individually, you don't, like if you read my erotica series, you don't see it, but... I feel later on this will be a fun conversation and a little thing to throw out there, these little sort of Easter eggs that go between the locations. But I think it's 
it's a great way to look uh, to do that because it's already created. You don't have to create that same dance mm -hmm. club 10 times in 10 different yeah. Just use the dance club, right? Yes. Uh -huh. You've made it a location. I love the idea because I just started thinking that you could totally get a local whiskey place to make whiskey for that whiskey brand and do that as a promo. Just throwing that out there as an idea yeah. <laughs> with your books. Talk about a giveaway. You get that whiskey brand when your whiskey know, book comes be. out. <laughs> you got to get that going. I'm super excited about that. We'll, we'll put it on the podcast. Yeah, so I find the label and everything. I'm going to do that one of these days. But then that, that, that would be kind of cool. That would be, I think that's awesome. Okay, we have to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, but we're going to talk about fans when we come back. So we will be right back with Drinking With Authors. This is the voice of Drinking With Authors. You are at our commercial break, and our commercial is, hey, do you want to be a guest on our show? Or do you have a question for one of the guests on our show? Or do you have a brilliant drink recipe that we've never heard of? That would have to stump us. But you could reach us at drinkingwithauthors at gmail.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can direct message or even just leave a comment on one of our posts. We would absolutely love to hear from you. And we're back. Okay, let's talk about fans for a moment, shall we? Hi. I love fans. When did you, what was your first fan interaction like? Um, I think my, well, actually, my first, I don't know if you call it an interaction, but it was um, a random email I got from someone um, named Karen. I still remember her name. <laughs> um, and she just sent me, um, I had, I saw it and I was like so shocked that anybody even like had messaged me. And is she was talking about, um, she had read my books from before all of my books that I wrote when I was as Hayden Hudson. And then she had, I guess, found me as A.D. James and she started reading those. So it was really neat to like, to see the cross. Um, I just, it just felt amazing. That was my very first um, time I ever actually, I guess, had anybody like really tell me that they enjoyed my books <laughs> other than, you know, like the reviews or whatever, but well, do you do you pay attention to reviews? What is your review yeah. stance? Different authors have different stances on reviews. What is yours? Um, I like to read them. I'm not overly bothered by a bad review, and I feel like I've gotten enough of them to like not, you know, it doesn't bother me. Um, I'm just like, eh. Um, but the good reviews, those are the ones that kind of they just give me that extra fire to keep on going. Like especially on a day where I just I feel down for whatever reason, or I'm not ex extremely motivated. And um, I just need that little extra push. And I'll, I'll go in there and I'll read the good reviews. I go in and I like filter and do like the five stars, you know, and I read those and it, it makes me feel good. And I do, I do like to, cause sometimes they will put in their things that um, even just an example, um, when I have like a duet and they'll put, you know, oh, I wish that they had done this or that the author had done that or whatever. This would have, I, I hope that the, she answers this question. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I will incorporate that into the second book. Like I've done, I did that with a cruel duet where they had mentioned something about needing something to be answered that I hadn't even considered. Um, and I put it into the second book and I did it with this one as well with the one that I'm writing or that I just finished now so wow. I do 
I love reading them. I feel like they make me better. Do you have an author group on your Facebook page or anything mm-hmm. like that for authors to talk? I do. I, it's, I mean, um, fans to talk. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Champagne. Oh, I'm going to have some more. <laughs> I do. And actually, um, it's called 80s Book Affairs. And um, I last year, the or actually right before the pandemic, I was hosting like uh, monthly takeovers. It was a lot of fun. Like we just had a lot of um, like guest authors. And then with the pandemic, it kind of slowed down because, you know, I had a kid in the house 100% of the time. So it was very difficult for me to do anything. Um, but hopefully this year we'll pick up a little bit more with that. Just like a fun thing for the readers. Cause I'm not, you know, they, they read me, but they also read other people and I get, I read people too. So I kind of enjoy them telling me about authors that I haven't, you know, maybe hadn't heard about. Um, so it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I like having it. Oh, it I, think it it's, <laughs> I think it's great because I think we're at a time where fans finally get to really interact potentially with authors that they like, you know, and get the opportunity yeah to communicate with them where that wasn't the case years ago, you know, even probably going back five years, not that people weren't doing some of it, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now, you know, where you can actually reach out and ask an author questions and stuff like that. Do you get a lot of questions about parts of the book and that you don't necessarily, we, let me rephrase. It's okay. Champagne. Um, We have, had authors that get weird questions that want to deep dive into parts of the book and they're like, "Mm, no, do you get a lot of weird questions? Um, I don't get a lot of weird. I have, I do get private messages and I'll always um, read. I have, I actually have a few people that, um, that are, have kind of almost become like friends or pretty important readers to me because they'll give me, um, we just really can interact really nicely and they can tell me like, you know, I liked it a lot or, you know, some, you know, a question about it or whatever. Um, But normally, and I haven't had anybody like straight up ask, and I think a lot of times because of the way that I write, I usually have a big cliffhanger (laughs) or something that's a big mystery and that you just can't, they can't really like outright ask sometimes some of the stuff. So they'll do it in private message and (laughs) great. I, you know, to me, I, I really try to like answer everybody because I don't want, I know I have sent um, authors messages before and I don't get a reply. I'm like, <laughs> you know, just as a reader, it's kind of like, oh, you know, but so I don't want any, I always try. I know eventually it might get to a point where I can't, but. No, I think it's, I think it's important as much as you can, or if you're going to not necessarily reply, have a message that says, I may or may not reply to this email. It yeah. does suck. It's kind of like applying for a job when you send out your resume and you hear nothing either direction. It just can yeah. suck, you know? Um, let's talk about your writing process a little bit. So you have quite a few books out. How many books have you published now since you began? Um, as I think it's been maybe about with between both um pen names I maybe about 24 I feel like um with under this it's 12 under this pen um under 80 James wow and when did you start 80 James when did you launch that that was 2018 so so 12 books in three two two and a half years is that no in three years three years oh wow yeah that's that's pretty amazing. Okay. 
How fast do you write a book? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the book. Um, I think like for um, the ticket probably took, it took me a year probably just because, you know, I had, I have a seven-year-old daughter. So she was little, you know, a lot little and it was, she was at home and I was, you know, I just couldn't do it. Um, and then once she started going to preschool, I would drop her off and then I would stay there in the park or in like, they had like a little cafe and I would go and I would write there for three hours, which is the length. And then I couldn't do it anymore. Cause I was, you know, and I'm not one of those authors that can write at night. Cause I know like a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, I just, I put it all in at night when everybody's asleep. I can't, I, I got to sleep. <laughs> well, Jen, Jen happens to be one of those authors that stays up to like four 30 in the morning writing. But I also yeah. have a very understanding husband who gets up with my daughter in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, my husband, he cannot wake up. He, you could be, she could be screaming for him in the night. He will not wake up. He's out. So it's got to be me. So I have to make sure I get that sleep and then I have to get up and, you know, start my day. So wow, I, I get it in when I can. And I, I, I mean, I actually thought I was kind of slow. <laughs> no, you are not slow at all. No. So you said you wrote your first stuff longhand. Do you, if you're writing in your car, are you using your phone? Like what, how, what's the physically, how do you write now? I usually, I prefer writing on my computer because I feel like I make the least amount of mistakes and, you know, I don't have to, like, I, I have it already formatted the way I want it to be and everything. But um, we, I'm in a busy house, so it's really tough for me to always do that. So I'll, I'll write in Google Docs a lot in my phone. And I'll, if I really have like a nagging scene in my head and I, I'm like, I have to write this right now. And I just can't, cause there's too much noise. I'll go in the closet and <laughs> like real quick, you know, it's like full of mistakes and you know, a lot, it doesn't even say who says what usually it's just like dialogue. Um, and then I just, I write it and then I'll cut and paste it into word later and then fix it. <laughs> do you do um, voice memos to yourself? No, I don't do that. I, um, I actually tried the other day. I was like, Alexa, do you do dictation? <laughs> I was asking, it, but you can understand what I was saying. So apparently she doesn't do it. Um, but I was trying to figure out how, cause I've heard that authors do that. Like they do, like they'll talk into something and I have no idea what it would be. So. Well, um, um, I will say uh, on, I don't know if you have an iPhone or Android, but you can open up Google docs, hit the microphone button and just start talking. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, yeah, you can do that. There's also voice memos on the iPhone. I use those all the time when I come up with little ideas or scenes. I'll yeah. hit the voice memo because I can talk while I'm driving so that I'm not yeah. really violating things. And then, you know, put it. It's it's. I find it really useful even or texting yourself with a scene because yeah. you can copy and paste it on Facebook. Like you can, you can do a voice scene to yourself on Facebook and then send it. Um, these are just little, little ideas. I know there's Dragon Naturally Speaking, which I had at one point in time, but you have to spend a lot of time teaching it mm -hmm. to understand. And to me, that was, to me personally, I know a lot of people that use it and love it, but it was so annoying trying to teach it, but I'd still have to go back and correct it. But I was like, nah. but yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm very, um, I have a hard time with technology. <laughs> 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 I need the old stuff. I actually 
like, you know, I didn't really even want to use Google Docs because that just was is so foreign, but I had to do something. So I like finally learned kind of how to use it on my phone. <laughs> but I well, prefer how do you say old... that, but then you're making covers yourself. I know that was, you know, I don't, you... I don't, even... that was the fluke. <laughs> what are you, what are you using to make your covers? Like, are you InDesign or? I use Photoshop. Photoshop. Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. a whole career learning how to use Photoshop. Yeah, it was, I mean, I, I don't even know why I even started or why I even got Photoshop in the first place, but it was something completely not related to this. And um, I was like, oh, like I could maybe try to fix, you know, do this or do that or whatever. I don't, I can't even remember what, it, how I got into it, but um, somehow I figured out <laughs> how to do it. But I have the, I have like last year's Photoshop because it accidentally uploaded like the new Photoshop. And it changed the way it works. And I, I like freaked out because I'm just too old for that. So like <laughs> re-download re- the new, like the old and then get, have it. That's, so that's what I use. I'm on the old and I'm not moving from that. <laughs> does, does your husband read your books? No, he, he does not. I don't, he, he doesn't like that kind of stuff. He, he's the sort of person who reads like, books that are like about how to be like a better, you know, better super or better manager, like for his work or better, you know, he's just always like how to be a better leader, how to um, be a more successful person. Like those are his types of books where he just really tries to be a better person. I'm the one that like writes about smut. <laughs> no, trust me. We both we have very supportive other halves. They just don't necessarily read our work. You know? Yeah. I mean, he knows, like, I'll, like, run something by him, like, you know, um, and he just, he always gets this glassy, like, I, like, he's like, oh, my God, but I'll be like, hey, you know what, um, especially if it's, like, a criminal, because he always watches these shows about criminals, <laughs> so I feel like more studied in that, you know, I'll ask him, like, you know, what, what, what kind of gun would so-and-so have, or, you know, stuff like that, what's, what's a lot of uh, cocaine, <laughs> what's considered a lot <laughs> So he'll like he he'll considered a large quantity of cocaine. I'm not asking for myself, but don't write it down. Just tell me. <laughs> Can you Google that? The, like the writer, you know, writer's Google history. How much is cocaine right now? Oh no, yeah, mine would be awful. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I mean, I think that's true. I always tell one of my very good friends, I'm like, if I'm ever arrested, the first thing I need you to explain to them is that I'm a writer and kiss yeah. them my books because I write horror stories so sometimes I look up like how long does it take for a body to decay in this kind of temperature and stuff like that and I'm like this is going to come up eventually I'm going to be sitting in front of police going um so yeah can I have a lawyer (laughs) you always have you need to have your like something that shows all your books always on you for safety (laughs) it's not a business card it's a laminated copies of my covers like, I promise I'm not a crazy person. Um, so what about uh, writer groups? Did you ever get involved in like a writer group or a writer community? Did you go down um, that path at all? Other than um, Alessandra Torres Inkers, um, which is actually, I don't even know how I came across that. I think I was, I had already published um, the the first book. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> like, I need to know, like, what else do you do? Like, you know, so I just started typing, I think, like, um, how do you do this? Like, are, is there somebody to teach you this? And 
it sent me there. So it's been, that was where I really got a lot of my information on how to be an author. But what about other writers? Do you, you, you said you connected with some of them and stuff like that. Have you ever been a part of a writer's group or anything like that? No, I ha actually, other than, you know, just kind of forming like friendships, like, you know, that type of group or like promo groups. No, it's just you, just me. Just you. Just you. Just by myself. What about <laughs> conventions? Have you been to conventions, like writer conventions and stuff like that? I have not. I have not. I actually just even recently started going to signings to like, like as a reader <laughs> last year. So I've, yeah. I've kinda... oh, you're, that, you're that author that's alone in the cabin typing out their work. That's not something we find very often. Yeah. <laughs> I only come out times. <laughs> <laughs> you, go ahead, Jen. Sorry. I was going to add like, social media. Are you, are you active there? Is that how you interact? Like in my group? Yeah, I'm pretty, okay. I try to kind of peek like, do something every day, maybe if not every day, every other day or something, you know, kind of like a, hello, I'm still alive, you know. <laughs> you have a newsletter? I do have a newsletter. Um, and I do that once a month or, you know, depending on if I have a, a release or something like that, or if I'm part of a promo or something. Um, and I, I, that's pretty much it. I, um, I don't really have any other any other social, I guess every once in a while I go into Instagram because I forget that it's even there. <laughs> and then I'll get like a little notification like, hey, so-and-so's like, liked your this or whatever. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and then with Facebook book buying Instagram, you can put everything through Facebook to Instagram. So that works out yeah. really, really well. Yeah. What about music? Do you listen to music when you're writing? Like, what is your ideal writing situation? Like, if you could build your fantasy writing situation, what would it be? Not a closet. Not, not a closet. Not, I will. Do, I'll do it. I'll make that my fantasy if I have to. Um, usually, I like to just be in my office. Um, my husband made me a desk so that I could write. So I, I like to be in my office and I just turn on some music. It's usually something very sad. <laughs> It has to be something like heart wrenching. A lot of times is what makes me want to write like something just, it doesn't even have to be the words. It's just the melody or whatever. Um, and that's, you know, I'll just write to that, whatever the, whatever the story goes to that. <laughs> Do you make playlists for your books? I don't, and I should, I actually, I will send them to my group. So I'll do like a, um, where, you know, you can send it the link from Apple, you know, I'll create like those links and I'll put them in my readers group. Um, but I've never actually put it in my book, which I know some people do, but I have never actually done it. I think a lot of, I mean, sometimes it's really honestly only one song <laughs> that I just listen to over and over. And over. Yeah. So Did I'd be you like, listen to songs with words in right. Hmm. Songs with words. A lot of authors can't listen to songs that have lyrics in them. Yeah. Because then they can't, they get distracted by the lyrics and can't write. Yeah, I can write with, I can write with words. Um, I can write, I can definitely do lyrics. Um, I can't come back and do my revisions with it though. Like if I, once I'm done with the writing process, I have to, I can't have any music or any noise around me. It has to be quiet. 
So that's the time that I do that. But um, when I'm actually actively writing the story, um, it is a lot of times it is uh, instrumental. Like, so if there will be a song that I really enjoy, I will look for it in instrumental just because it's definitely a little easier if there are any words. Um, But if there's not, I'll listen to the, it doesn't matter. I can write with the word. I just, you know, I I don't, I listen to what they're even saying, honestly, is just the melody. No, it makes sense. I can't. I start singing along with the song and then I get very distracted and then I'm just not productive. I listen to a lot of Celtic instrumental music, no matter what I'm writing, for whatever reason, that's my, my jam is Celtic instrumental music. Yeah. That I can. Like the last book, The Cruel Duet, I actually had Metallica. (laughs) Like one of their songs was like, and it actually, it's even in the book. So I really um, listened to that one over and over when I was writing that scene. Um, So that it, you know, it kind of, and I will name it sometimes in there. Like I'll put the name of the song that goes to the scene. So like, you know, and I was, you know, she'll say something about, you know, such and such make, you know, I thought about this song or something like that. And I'll put the name of the song and the artist that I was listening to at the time in there. I'll insert it. <laughs> That's, That's very cool. cool. What about, um, do you get a lot of artists um, like bookmarks and things like that? Have you done a lot of stuff down that vein? I've done a little bit of it. Um, I did, um, you know, I obviously I have some bookmarks and I have, um, I did for private investigation. Um, that was the only thing where I did anything specific, even for a book where um, there are business cards that are used there. And I printed, or I had them made, I designed them and had it made. And then if I ever get whenever I give anybody a copy of it, I'll put that in there, just because it's something tangible from the story, you know, um, other than I just have, you know, regular, you know, steamy couple on there. <laughs> you got to get your whiskey on then you could do shot glasses i'm excited about this whiskey venture i think this whiskey venture is going to be amazing yeah. that's mm-hmm. going to be a that book is actually and i i started already writing it but i always end up kind of stopping and i go to something dark but that's that's going to be a very fun book i think well at least in my mind it's fun <laughs> no i think that sounds amazing plus it ties in whiskey which gets me super yeah. excited Let's talk about what is your latest release. So what is your latest book that came out? The last one that came out was King of Bourbon Street. And that's a mafia, a dark mafia. Um, And it's a duet. So the second book, which is Queen of Deceit, comes out this month. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's a duet. Um, And yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. It's it's with the editor right now. Very cool. So what's the next one coming out? The next one, I'm going to start a cartel series, which I'm really excited about, which I, is probably going to be my darkest, I think, because when I, I already have a lot of a lot of it in my mind, and it's definitely it starts off very dark. Um, so I'm really excited about that because I'm actually Mexican. So I, I it'll, I'm going to be going back a lot to to I mean, I, I wasn't born there, but we would go all the time. Yeah, I'm going to kind of be going back to that, like drawing from that a lot. And you mentioned that how many of your characters do you are are Mexican when you write them? Um, I have a few that are Mexican. I don't really shy away from writing any race, really. Like if that's the who the character is, that's who the character is. Um, and, but there have been a few Mexicans. So um, 
Christiana, who is in the first uh, the ticket, she's Mexican. Um, and she mentions a few things that, you know, from because I'll put some of the stuff that is from my background in there. Um, and then I did a whole book based in Mexico where my father is from that we used to go to visit all the time. And another book that I wrote um, in my past um, pen name. And that was a lot of fun. Um, but other than that, that's really, those are the only ones that I've done that are Mexican until now when I write the new series. The cartel will be. The cartel. Yes, that's, that's super. Do you ever think about bringing those older books forward into your new name and redoing them? Or do you consider that just part of your past? I consider it part of my past. I think, I mean, there, some of those stories are like, I still listen to, like, I'll hear some of the songs that I listened to when I was writing them and um, it'll break my heart, you know, cause I just, it's just like so nostalgic. And I just think about, Oh, like, I remember, like, I remember them in my head, you know, like what the characters look like. Um, but I don't know that I want to rewrite, rewrite it. You know, like, I feel like it's already done and I want to move on. Like I want to write, I have a thousand stories in my head. And so I feel like I need to get those out, but I don't bring him. I don't even change the name on it because it's so different. Um, the writing style was very different. Um, you know, it, it just has, they're just, a they're, paranormal to begin with too so it's you know none of the newer books that I write are paranormal so if I wrote another paranormal romance I would probably put it in that with that group just so that it kind of all is all the same you know wow a cartel paranormal romance <laughs> I don't know I don't know if them, I might stick some ghosts in there I don't know <laughs> wow it's it's interesting paranormal too that's awesome okay I had a question. Champagne just dulled the question. It's coming. Oh, yes. So um, do you do this? You do this full time. You're a writer full time, correct? Yeah, well, part time writer, part time mom, part time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, all the life stuff yeah. happening. Do you have um, did you find that during the last, you know, during the pandemic, you talked about your kiddo being at home and stuff like that? But what was that like for you as a writer? I know a lot of writers who, you know, we all talk about being able to stay home and we'll have all this time to write. And a lot of us, that just did not quite work out the way we wanted it to. What about for you? Do you feel like it did, did not? No. And actually, when the pandemic hit, I was in smack dab in the middle of the cruel duet. So I had a, I was already, I had just finished the first book and was going into the second book. Um, and that was extremely, um, tough because I did have her at home. Um, my husband was still going to work. So, cause he was an essential worker. So it was kind of like, I, I was pretty much a hundred percent of the time on, you know, so I didn't have, you know, I wrote that one a lot at night. Um, my mom was with me for a while, um, and she helped um for a few days and that was when I got the majority of the writing done but I mean I really I once I finished that I kind of I just went on hiatus I just I just couldn't do it <laughs> it was too hard to concentrate no so I, I I think that was true I mean life was very different all of a sudden during the pandemic you know for everybody so especially during school because we had to sit there with like I had to sit there with her during school time so that was the hardest part was that I just I was pretty much 
at school. I was back in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, I am doing color books now. This is, <laughs> this is my life. Okay. Well, as, um, as we wind down, I would like to know what advice you would give authors out there. Um, I think probably if it's a new author, um, you know, don't stop writing because, you know, just write, don't ever look at what somebody else is doing. And, and I think this is probably advice that was given to me is don't compare yourself to anybody else. Um, just, you know, don't be afraid of writing something just because it doesn't conform to what everybody else is writing. Um, you know, take the risk. Sometimes, sometimes it pays off, you know, so just write what you feel. That's what I would suggest. I think that's brilliant that's advice. Awesome. Okay. How do people find you? How do people find your books? Um, well, like, as far as like the website or. Yeah, your website, your social media, your shameless self-promotion. Please don't tell people where you live. I had an author do that early on in the show and we had to edit it out. They're like, I live in, and I'm like, don't do that. We don't need three for people. So how do people find your website and everything like that? So my website is www.adjanes.com. Um, and uh, you can find me there, but you will most likely always find me at 80s Book Affairs on uh, Facebook. Um, that's the easiest place where you're gonna find what I'm doing, I'll put, you know, experts and I'll do, you know, uh, that's the first place where I, you know, post what's coming out. Um, that's where I hang. That's where I talk to people. So that's my place. That's where my safe space. <laughs> oh, that's very cool. You have been amazing and fun to have on this podcast. I know you're not drinking nearly as much. Don't worry. We have a literary <laughs> breeze episode. You can catch up to it. It'll be fun. Okay, yeah. so this has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. J.M. Paquette. Who does never say she's the co-host. And with us, it's been A.D. James. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>